everyone, and welcome to the ChurchLeaderInsights.com podcast. I'm Nelson Searcy, your host for these regular podcasts where we talk about church planting, church growth, or in the case of this podcast, we're going to talk about books. And so welcome to the Reading Library edition of this podcast as we're going to look at the top 10 books of 2011. And I like to call it 2011. So next year will be 2012, then after that be 2013. But nonetheless, for the sake of this podcast, it's the top 10 books of 2011. And the truth is, 2011 was a pretty good year for books. Not only for me personally, I had two come out, but they didn't make it into the top 10. I'll give them honorable mention before we wrap up. But I had more books this year than I could choose from. And if you're a regular listener, to this podcast. This is about my fourth or fifth time I've done this annual rundown of the top 10 books here at the bottom of the year. And sometimes I struggle to come up with those 10 books, but this year there was an abundance of good books, not only from the ministry world, but also from the leadership world and from the business world and even a couple other strange places like the psychology world as we go along. And so we're going to get into that here in just a moment. And by we, I mean our special guest today, and he is none other than Scott Whitaker, the president of Church Leader Insights. And so Scott, welcome to the podcast. Ah, Glad to be here, Nelson. Now, Scott, I know you wanted me to recommend Garfield's Christmas as my top 10 book of the year. Well, you know, uh, we are getting into that time of the year, and uh, Garfield is one of my favorite characters, so why not? Well, let me ask you this. What is your favorite cartoon? Uh, You know what? I will have to say Scooby-Doo. I like Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. See, I, you know, I don't like to be spooked. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, those of you who have been in coaching networks with me, you know this about me, that uh, I don't like to be spooked. And so Scooby-Doo, sometimes it's just a little too dark for me, and it scares me, to tell you the <laughs> truth. So I don't do a lot of Scooby-Doo watching. Yeah, I love Scooby-Doo. And uh, it's interesting because uh, my youngest daughter, she loves Scooby-Doo as well. And so uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll make a, a daddy-daughter day of uh, watching Scooby-Doo cartoons. And, uh, and then she won't be able to sleep for the rest of the night. That explains why when I called you the other day and said, hey, I need to cancel that uh, trip we've got overseas, you went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how about your favorite like uh, newspaper cartoon? Uh, you know, I really don't have one. You don't have one? No. Nope. I'll tell you who I like. I like that Grimmy. Uh, Mother Goose and Grimm. Do you know that uh, cartoon? No, I sure don't. Well, Grimm is the dog, and Mother Goose is his owner, but then he's also got a cat named Attila, and uh, I, I just love Grimm. Like, uh, in my office, I've got some Grimm stuff, and uh, they, they just came out with a new uh, collection of all the Mother Goose and Grimm cartoons, and I'm pretty certain uh, that's been wrapped and put under the tree for me as a Christmas gift uh, this year. But uh, just to give you a taste of it, uh, here, here's one of my favorite little Grimm's. Uh, Grimm, the dog, is uh, walking down the sidewalk, and on one side of the sidewalk, there's a tree, and on the other side of the sidewalk, there's a fire hydrant, and coming out of his little thought bubble is decisions, decisions, decisions. <laughs> so uh, I, liked, uh, I like that Mother Goose and Grimm. But we are digressing here just a bit because we need to talk about books, right, Scott? Yeah, we've, uh, we've got a great list of books. And then as well, Nelson, you don't know what the list are. How do you know if it's great well, or not? Well, I'm looking across the table here, and I see your list. I know it's a good list. And uh, uh, I know what uh, you know, you've been reading uh, this year and uh, what I've been reading as well. And so... Uh, go ahead and uh, grab a, a pad of paper and a pen, and we'll, we'll include some links on the website uh, for the podcast as well. But uh, make sure you take down this list of great books. Yeah, and this is uh, always a fun podcast to do because we give you the books, we give you the links. It gives you a chance maybe to uh, uh, introduce yourself to some books you might have otherwise missed. And uh, this year, since we're not doing the podcast uh, uh, monthly, you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about all these books. So some of these are going to be brand new for you. And then uh, only some of these have I had a chance to do a video podcast about as well. So uh, a lot of new stuff that's going to be in this podcast. But let me tell you why we do it. We do it because all leaders are readers. 
All leaders are readers. And, you know, uh, I asked God when I went in ministry uh, back in 1990, I said, God, make me into a reader. And if you've been to my How to Read More webinar that I do from time to time, you know that sometimes I say, God, not so much, okay? Back off a little bit. I don't need that much of a passion to read. I need to sleep from time to time. But I do love to read books. And I don't know what my count is this year. I did not read one book a day like I have done uh, some years in the past. But, uh, I mean, I read uh, several hundred books, uh, well over 200 books uh, this year. Uh, Probably read closer to 280 books. I don't know that I finished 280 books. Probably got through a little over 200 of those completely. And uh, not every book you need to read from cover to cover. In fact, I may even recommend as we go down this list that there's some books you may not need to read cover to cover. Although, as I'm looking at the list, I don't see many that I wouldn't suggest you read cover to cover. But uh, the truth is, You need to make reading books a priority because books are edited, books are thought out, books contain some of the deepest thoughts available to you. Now, that's not to discount audio resources. In fact, audio resources, because they can be longer than books, like uh, my staffing workshop or my intensives, they're much longer than books, and there's no way you could uh, read a book that thick. So you need to have some audio resources. You need workbooks that you interact with. But you don't want to just read the simple stuff. You don't want to just read the blogs. You don't want to just read magazine articles. You don't want to just read uh, the Twitter. You need to dive deep into some subjects. And so some of these subjects that we're going to talk about today are definitely topics that leaders need to dive down deep into, and you need to let them nourish your soul, nourish your heart, strengthen your intellect, and you need to allow God to use these books to grow you into the leader you need to be. Now, I think I've said this every year, but the central focus of your reading plan every year should be the Bible. And so we need to be students of the Bible, masters of the Bible. We need to engage the Bible, read the Bible, digest the Bible, memorize the Bible. The Bible needs to be at the center of our reading plan. But we also need to have a goal to read other books that help us, particularly on topics that maybe where the Bible is silent, or maybe to help us understand topics where the Bible speaks. So with that in mind, as a setup, I want to thank you for being interested enough to listen to this podcast and to want to know what these top 10 books are. And as always, if you find a good book, you let me know, and uh, maybe it'll be one I share with our audience next year. But Scott, if you're ready, maybe in true David Letterman fashion, we'll do this in reverse order. All right, let's start with number 10. Number 10 is Replenish by Lance Witt. And uh, this is a great book on nourishing your soul. And so it's just one of those soul care books. Now, let me tell you about Lance. Uh, Lance is a personal friend of mine, so I have to admit when I've got friends on the list. In fact, uh, about half a dozen of these folks that are on the list are good friends of mine or they're folks I uh, speak with or I've been in live events with. But uh, I met Lance when we were on staff together at Saddleback Church. In fact, he joined the staff while I was on staff at Saddleback as a pastor of discipleship, working mainly with Class 201 there. But uh, Lance is a real gift because he is a pastor's pastor. And uh, Lance has been through some stuff in ministry. You read about that uh, in the book. He's been through some hard times. He lives up to the A.W. Tozer quote of God using someone greatly who's been uh, put through the fire intensely. And so Lance has been through that, but at the same time, Lance is extremely biblically conscious of uh, what God's doing in his life. He's extremely aware of how God's shaping uh, leaders, and so he really has a gift to help replenish, which is the name of the book, The Soul of a Pastor. And so this book is made up of short chapters where he talks about everything from work-life balance to managing the Sabbath to uh, how to get back on track when you've fallen away from God. And so it's really a good book by my friend Lance Witt. And it's called Replenish at number 10. 
All right, number nine. Number nine, another friend of mine, maybe not as close of a friend as uh, Lance Witt, but more of an acquaintance, is uh, the book, What They Didn't Teach You in Seminary. And uh, when I ordered this, I thought it was going to be like an 88-volume edition because there's a lot of stuff that I didn't learn in seminary. Maybe that has to do with the seminary I went to. Uh, don't, tell, uh, uh, don't tell Southern Seminary or Duke University where I did my graduate degree. But uh, this book is called What They Didn't Teach You in Seminary, and it's by my friend Jim White. Uh, or the official title on the book is James Emery White. And uh, Jim is the real deal. He pastors uh, Mecklenburg Community Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, he's the former president of Gordon-Conwell College. He is an academic as uh, well as a practitioner. And so I can't say enough good stuff about this book. Now, some people are going to be surprised that I recommend this book. And in fact, when I was talking about it in uh, one of my recent advanced coaching networks, they're like, but Nelson, how do you recommend this book? Several things that you teach about church growth are in opposition to what Jim teaches about church growth. And that's true. We don't always agree. You know, uh, Jim is very much a, uh, a seeker-oriented uh, type practitioner. Now, he's, he's changed and he's evolved like I think all of us have over the years. But uh, Mecklenburg Community Church is a very healthy church. Uh, Jim is a very healthy leader. And even though some of the finer points of how you do church or how you lead a growing church or how you bring about church health, we might disagree on. Uh, nine times out of ten, as I read this book, I found myself saying, Jim, you're right. You're saying that in a profound way. You're saying it in a memorable way. And so I think this little book, and it is a little book, I think this little book will be a great encouragement to you and give you some ideas and maybe even challenge you uh, in some areas to make sure you're leading a healthy church. And so the book is called What They Didn't Teach You in Seminary by James Emery White. And our next on the list would be number eight. Number eight, talking about books that I have a love-hate relationship with, that would be number eight. And uh, I have spoken out rather boldly in the past about the Reveal Study that has been going on at Willow Creek. I have some serious issues with uh, allowing people to rate themselves and their own spiritual growth because I do believe in self-deception. I believe the heart is deceitful above all. And so uh, I've been very cautious uh, about uh, recommending a lot that has come out of the Reveal study. But uh, Greg Hawkins and his team at Willow, they've done a phenomenal job of attempting to do uh, the almost unattemptable. And that is to try to measure spiritual growth. So coming in at number eight is uh, the latest book in the reveal process. And it may be the uh, big summary book because it's, it's the most substantial book they've produced to date. And it's simply called Move, M-O-V-E, which is what Scott was saying to me when he walked in the studio and noticed I had taken the big chair. He said, Move. And uh, I said, well, you're right. That's number eight on our list. But the subtitle is What 1,000 Churches Reveal About Spiritual Growth. Now, I will confess, too, that uh, a number of the churches that are profiled in this book have been uh, coaching alumni, and much of what they promote is what I teach when it comes to church systems and church health. So that was pretty cool to see a number of my alumni highlighted. But at the same time, a number of the things that uh, came out of this study that they uh, presented early on in the study have been challenged. And they've actually changed their mind now that they have more data. And so I'm more in alignment with what they present than ever. But the truth is, you don't have to agree with everything you read. In fact, if you only read stuff you agree with, it's going to make you a very boring person. But I found some of the list in this book to be phenomenal. For example, they give a list of eight characteristics that have to be in the life, eight theological beliefs that have to be in the life of someone who's growing in Christ in order for them to take the next step. That was a profound influence on me. In fact, if you were on the preaching calendar webinar with me back 
in November, uh, I'm taking that list of eight theological truths, and we're doing an eight-part series next year in our church based around it. So even if you don't agree with everything, or even if you uh, eat the meat but throw away the bones, this book gives you a lot uh, to think about, and I found myself thinking a lot of great thoughts uh, due to the hard work of Greg Hawkins, who's the uh, primary author on that, but there's a couple of other authors along with him. So Greg Hawkins et al. in this book, Move, What 1,000 Churches Reveal About Spiritual Growth. And next on the list, number seven. Number seven. Forgive me, Mark, for giving you such a brief shout-out here, but for the sake of time, I've got to move quickly through number seven and number six. But number seven is um, How to Wow Your Church Guest. And it's by Mark Waltz. And I will confess, Mark and I, we've never met. So Mark, call me. Have your people call my people. Uh, We need to connect. But uh, Mark has been writing about assimilation for about as long as I have. And constantly, if you read my book, Fusion, on assimilation, you always see his books about uh, welcoming guests right there along with my book, Fusion. And so he came out with this little book called How to Wow Your Church Guest. And uh, it's by Mark Waltz, W-A-L-T-Z. And it's a little short book of a hundred simple ideas. And I walked away with some new ideas. For example, Mark, you challenged me to make sure my servers are parking at the back of the parking lot in our locations that are outside of Manhattan. You challenged me once again in the cleanliness factor to make sure that every area in our church is really clean. And you challenged me on the vision stuff. So Mark, I really appreciate that. But I do have to move on for the sake of this podcast. And so let me go ahead and go to number six. And number six is, six is one I'll say just a few words about as well. And it is the five levels of leadership by John C. Maxwell. I'm John. I'm your friend. Now, uh, did you catch that, Scott? It's number six, but it's the five levels of leadership. Now, this is a rehash of something that John's talked about for a number of years. In fact, if you read his book, uh, Developing the Leader Within You, and then the parallel to that, Developing the Leaders Around You, this is not a new teaching, but it is an expanded teaching on positional leadership and influential leadership and the five different levels. And one of the reasons I recommend this is I was with John at the live event when he taught the expanded class. And so I experienced this first in the live event before it became the book, but the book is very well done as well. So that gets us through uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, and 6. So Scott, that means we're about to go into number 5. Number 5. Number 5. Here's a new one for you. It's called Change Anything, and the subtitle is The New Science of Personal Success. And it's written by a group of authors, too, led by Carrie Patterson. That's with a K, K E R R Y, Patterson. And it's called Change Anything The New Science of Personal Success. Now, this is not an overtly Christian book. Funny enough, other than perhaps the Maxwell book, all of the books so far have been overtly Christian, and most of the books on this year's list are. But this is uh, mainly a psychology book. Uh, Some might even call it a self help book. And the truth is, I had this book for about two months because I was interested in the topic, but the cover looks a little too self-helpy for me, so I had discounted it until one Saturday afternoon. I had a little bit of free time. Kelly was gone. Alexander was at a birthday party, and so I picked it up and said, you know what? I'll give this book a couple of hours, and it just rocked my world because it really should be called uh, The New Science of Accountability or The New Science of Self-Discipline or maybe uh, even uh, The New Science of making changes in your life. I know the book's called Change Anything, but what this book looks at is how does a person truly change? In other words, what accountability do you have to have in your life if you're going to develop a new habit? Now, maybe that's the new habit of going to church. 
But as I read this book and he was talking about how to lose weight or how to quit smoking or how to get off drugs, I could not help but apply that to how do you help someone who hasn't been a Christian fully engage their Christian walk? Or how do you help someone who participates in a small group Bible study to really grow in the Bible study? And what he does is he says that willpower is not one issue, it's a six-fold issue. And so I don't know what that uh, word is in the Latin, Scott, if it's a quintuplet or a quadruple or whatever six is, but it's a six-fold uh, process in order to develop a new habit in your life. Well, the thing is, at church, we often do two or three of those, but we don't do all six of those. And so it caused me to reevaluate, how can I use all six of these motivating factors in a personal person's life to help them develop the spiritual habits that they need to develop? You have to read the book and see, but I was very, very excited about this book. In fact, as soon as I finished reading it, uh, I knew my executive pastor was working that day. So I picked up the phone, I called him at the office, and I said, man, I've got to teach you this stuff. Grab a piece of paper. And let me teach you the change anything process of these six ways that you develop new habits in your life. So it's called Change Anything, the New Science of Personal Success. And that leads us to number four. Number four, Billy Graham. Uh, I think I've read every book that Billy Graham has ever written, but uh, rarely has he shown up in our leadership list because he often writes on devotional topics or things. But near the end of the year, at uh, 20, near the end of 2011, he came out with a book called Nearing Home by Billy Graham. And he dictated this book because, you know, he, he suffers from uh, a number of debilitating diseases and uh, he's not able to read like he used to. He's not able to write like he used to. So he talks about what it's like to live in the latter part of your life. He gets into heaven, he deals with heaven, and he, he presents the gospel in a very profound way as only Billy Graham can. But he also addresses what I think is a very missing area in our discussion in the church, which is how do we face sickness? How do we face illness? How do we face debilitation? And uh, although I hope I don't face this anytime soon, the truth is it's inevitable, and it's going to come perhaps early in my life, or it's going to come late in my life. But one of the reasons I put this book in our list is because it gives you some conversation points, not only for your preaching and also for your teaching and also for uh, your ministry, perhaps to uh, senior adults in your church, but it also answers a lot of questions that perhaps even a 30-year-old would find who perhaps goes blind or a 40-year-old who finds themselves disabled or a 50-year-old who finds themselves uh, having to leave their job because of cancer or because of some kind of problem. And so this is just a really profound book by one of the greatest spiritual giants of our day, and I really think it should be in every pastor's library, and it's called Nearing Home by Billy Graham. And number three, we're rounding it out the top. Oh, into the top three. Now, number three and number two and number one, I really debated because what we could say is there's a tie for number one. In many ways, we could say there's a three-way tie for number one, but I did force myself and discipline myself to order these. So number three, I'm totally shifting gears here, going back to the business world and the business section. But number three is a long title. It is the McKay MBA of selling in the real world. And in case my accent didn't come through, that's not sailing a sailboat on the water. It's selling, S-E-L-L-I-N-G, the proud profession of moving commerce from one person to another. So it's the McKay MBA of selling in the real world. And it's by my friend Harvey McKay. And uh, back in the uh, 80s, when I was uh, doing the traveling and speaking out on the secular uh, tours, Harvey McKay was one of the speakers. He's one of the best public speakers in America. If you get a chance to go online and uh, watch some of his videos and some of his speeches, you learn a lot, even as a pastor. But he's taken 
about the 30 years of real-world experience that he has about selling ideas, about motivating people to do what they need to do, about preparing yourself for intense environments. And he's put it in a phenomenal book called The McKay MBA of Selling in the Real World. And the truth is, we as pastors, we are selling. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say we're selling the gospel. I think that's the Holy Spirit's part. I think uh, Jesus is working on the hearts of people. But uh, we do try to sell ideas. We try to mobilize people. Uh, We try to engage people. And so much of what he has to say about how selling operates in the real world works in the influential world of working with volunteers and working with ministries and uh, working with churches. And so hope you don't write me a lot of mean letters saying I've uh, gone overboard here into the business world. But this is a really, really good book. It came out late in the year. And so I encourage you to pick it up and devour it. And if you can't read anything else, just read the chapters that interest you and pay particular attention to McKay's maxims or McKay's morals that he gives at the end of this, um, of this book. And one of my favorite is uh, one that he introduced back in the 1980s when I was traveling and speaking uh, with him. And it's simply this, little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. And if you've read my writings about uh, the little things like the handwritten note, the follow-up with first-time givers, uh, the little things that we do in the coaching network to try to enhance your experience, you know, I've adopted a lot of what McKay writes. So I hope he keeps writing for a long time. So thank you, Harvey, for this book. And now number two. Number two, another friend of mine, Dave Ramsey, Entree Leadership. Now, this is a book that you should devour and you should probably read with your staff because uh, Dave has given us a real gift with this book, Entree Leadership. And Dave's wisdom in in leading does not come from the church. It comes from leading his own organization, um, which I just drew a blank as to what it's called. It's not the Harpo Group. That's uh, Oprah, but it's something like that, Uh, the Dave Ramsey Organization. It's not the Rambo group either, but uh, it is uh, his group, and and that includes uh, what used to be his television show, his radio show, his uh, live events, his uh, books, his resources, his training. And so uh, out of leading this organization of two to 300 people and seeing it grow from just he and his wife to a multi-million dollar, highly influential global organization, he talks about leadership lessons he's learned along the way. And the uh, staffing lessons are phenomenal. The chapter on gossip is worth the entire price of the book. And so if you don't do anything else, you should buy the book, rip out the chapter on gossip, copy that, and have your whole staff study it. Now, I think that's illegal. As a guy who writes books, that's probably illegal. So you need to buy a copy of this book for everybody on staff, but it's Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. So Scott, let me give the rundown. Number nine is Replenished by Lance Witt. Oh, no, that was number 10. Number 10 is Replenished by Lance Witt. Number nine, What They Didn't Teach You in Seminary by James Emery White. Number eight, Move, What 1,000 Churches Reveal About Spiritual Growth by Greg Hawkins et al. Number seven, How to Wow Your Church Guest by Mark Waltz. Number six, The Five Levels of Leadership by John C. Maxwell. Number five, Change Anything, The New Science of Personal Success by Kerry Patterson et al. Number four, Nearing Home by... Billy Graham, The Buses Will Wait. Number three, The McKay MBA of Selling in the Real World by Harvey McKay. Number two, Entree Leadership, Dave Ramsey. And that takes us. I wish I had a drum roll. Number one. Well, it's a tie. It's either Revolve or Engage. (laughs) I thought you said those were honorable mentions. Oh, yes. I'm looking at the wrong list here. So I had two books come out uh, this year. One was called Engage, How to Plan Life-Transforming Worship Services, and uh, the other was called Revolve, Changing the Way We See Worship. That was for lay people. Revolve is for lay people. Engage is for ministers. But uh, that is honorable mention. So I'm reading from the wrong list. Number one, wait for it. Wait for it. Number one, Great 
by choice by Jim Collins and Morton T. Hansen, but most of us know it as Jim Collins. Great by choice, uncertainty, chaos, and luck, and why some thrive despite them all. Uh, it's a great little book. Maybe you heard uh, Colin speak somewhere. Maybe you saw him at Catalyst or some of the other uh, big Christian events where he's been at. I hope you've read his previous books, uh, uh, Built to Last and um, uh, Good to Great. Good to Great. I was trying to think of Good to Great and then uh, The Decline and Fall uh, book. And this is another big book in the in the vein of Good to Great and uh, uh, Built to Last. And it talks about the 20-mile march. It talks about 10 exers, why some people achieve 10 times more than others. How do you uh, have a disciplined company? How do you manage uncertainty? It is a book for such a time as this. Again, the application to churches are almost immediately applicable. There are a few things that are a little hard to apply, but it is a good book. So I have to give the number one spot uh, this year to uh, Jim Collins. But boy, Harvey McKay, Dave Ramsey, they were right there on the hills for the tie. And now let's go into our honorable mentions. Well, you know, my two books, I have to put them up there. I was pretty proud of those. Hopefully you found them. But uh, two others I'll mention to you. These have really uh, very little to do with leadership, but they're just fun books. One is At Home by Bill Bryson. If you haven't discovered Bill Bryson, he may be the single best nonfiction writer in the world. Uh, he has a style that is incredible, and you'll be a better communicator just by reading him. And so literally what Bill does is he, ta- he goes room to room inside of his house, and he talks about why things are the way they are. Like, why do you have four prongs on your fork and not three? And why do you have addicts? And how, how do you get hot water? And how did hot water come about? And how did they get hot water before you had hot water heaters? It is an engaging read. And so if you're looking for a fun read on vacation, you should read that uh, At Home by Bill Bryson. And then he's also got one on the English language, and he's got one on Shakespeare, and he's got one on uh, the scientific theories behind the founding of the universe. He's just great. I'm just hoping his next one is going to be on the human body because he can say things in just a really profound, simple way but uh, touching way. And so I try to emulate him in my writing, but I'm nowhere near there. And then one of my favorite other writers, this is a fiction book, and it's simply called The Confession by our buddy John Grisham. Great Christian guy, John Grisham. And The Confession, the main character, the hero in the story, if you will, the protagonist, to impress my high school English teacher, is a Methodist pastor in Oklahoma. And uh, he hears a confession, and uh, chaos ensues from there. So some great stuff in uh, both of those books. So there you go. I'm sure there's other stuff that I, I could have mentioned. I've had a number of friends who wrote some great books this year. So friends, please forgive me if I did not mention your book. I've probably talked about them in coaching. I probably even uh, used them in coaching. But uh, in the top 10 list for the broad audience that we have here on the podcast, I think these are the best 10 of 2011. So all leaders are readers. And so here's maybe a good next step. Why don't you pick one or two of these books and say, you know what? I'm going to tackle them over the next month. And if you've been in my coaching network, you know, I challenge you to read two books a month. Uh, you only have to read one to be in the coaching network, but you have to, uh, but two is a good challenge for you uh, to be a part of that. And so Scott, we have a new coaching network coming up for senior pastors uh, that's starting in February. And some of these books are going to make an appearance. I feel fairly certain we're going to use the James Emery White book. I'm working it out to try to get Lance Witt uh, on the call with us. Occasionally, uh, some of my friends like John Maxwell or uh, Dave Ramsey do stop by uh, the coaching network. Can't guarantee that because you never know what their schedule might be. But uh, 
uh, you know, we're, we're going to look at these books and I'll probably use a great by choice uh, in the coaching network for next year as well. So I'm always improving the coaching network, always making it better. But at the foundation of the coaching network is, of course, church growth and uh, personal growth. And so the reason we do these podcasts is to challenge you to grow. And so, Scott, tell us about the uh, February network and uh, about what's going on with that. Yeah, we've got a great uh, network starting up in February uh, of the new year. It's hard to believe that New Year is going to be here, but it's going to be a great network as we look forward to uh, spending a year together. Uh, we'll have senior pastors from uh, all different denominations, all different backgrounds, uh, all different types and sizes of, of churches, and uh, we will gather together for a uh, coaching session each month, and uh, you'll join by uh, telephone and by webinar, so you'll be able to see Nelson's notes on your uh, computer screen. And uh, you'll be able to hear Nelson on the call. And then uh, he'll coach you through each of the eight systems. And we'll also talk about the nine growth barriers and uh, be looking to break those nine growth barriers that exist within the church over the course of the year. Uh, you'll also receive a monthly Q&A call. And this is where you get the opportunity to call in and ask uh, Nelson any uh, specific questions about the systems. Uh, maybe it's about some of the things that are taking place in your church and uh, you get to hear uh, his wisdom, but also the wisdom that he's uh, gained from uh, coaching over uh, a thousand senior pastors over the past few years. So you'll receive the coaching call. You'll receive the Q&A call. You'll also receive the uh, unlimited email access. Now, I know this is going to be a disappointment to some of you listening uh, on the podcast here, but uh, what we've had to do is the CLI family has gotten to be so large that we've really had to limit uh, the uh, response of uh, email uh, by Nelson uh, to be just for the coaching network. And so uh, if you email us at Church Leader Insights, you, you, uh, you'll get a response from one of our team members very rarely. However, sometimes it does happen. Nelson will reply to a, a particular email or two. Uh, but uh, really what we do is we put uh, all of the emails from the coaching network uh, in a special email address and uh, those go directly to Nelson, and then he re replies. So whatever, maybe you're facing a staffing issue, maybe you're facing some sort of crisis, maybe uh, you're facing some sort of great thing going on. We've had guys go through uh, uh, building campaigns while they're in the network and, and seek out uh, questions on that. And so you'll be able to ask those questions directly to Nelson via email, and uh, you'll get a reply from him. Plus, you get all the resources, unlike some coaching networks where you sign up for a coaching network, and then you got to go get all these uh, resources and things like that. We give those to you from the Church Leader Insights store. Uh, you are responsible for picking up the books. Uh, as uh, you know, we just outlined a number of great books uh, on this podcast, but you can pick those up uh, from Amazon. Uh, we, we provide links for you to pick them up at uh, special rates at Amazon and so forth. So you get uh, the coaching you get the uh, elite access to Nelson and uh, the CLI team. You get all the resources, over $1,600 in resources. And if you apply before December 31st, you get an additional $1,200 in, uh, in, in resources and, uh, and special gifts. So uh, you can go to churchleaderinsights.com forward slash telecoaching. Again, that address is churchleaderinsights.com forward slash telecoaching. And you can complete a simple online application there, or you can download an application and fax it to our office, and uh, we'll process your what? application. What? We still have a fax machine? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Well, hey, let me ask you this. What could you do in 2012, besides joining this network, that would have a greater impact on your church's growth and upon your personal leadership? 
And the truth is, I mean, I've been a student of this for a long time. I've read more books than uh, I could possibly count. Uh, I've been working at it and developing. I've coached, I think, more pastors than anybody alive today. And uh, I would just say that if you decide to be in this network, and it's going to require you to stretch yourself, it's going to require you to take uh, some initiative. But if you decide to be in this network, it's going to be a great process that we'll walk through together. And I'll be there with you every step of the way in 2012. If Jesus doesn't come back, we'll walk through the entire year together. I'll help you plan your big days. I'll help you prepare for Easter. I'll help you uh, hire staff or manage staff or lead. I'll challenge you to grow. I'll challenge you to read books. I'll challenge you to fulfill your calling. You know, none of us went in the ministry just to do average things with average people in average ways. And so this network is designed to take you beyond average to help you be extraordinary. And the quite uh, uh, direct truth is, just by the fact that you listen to this podcast, I know that, uh, that you would be a good participant in my coaching network. And so I'd like to be your coach. Over the next year, you know, we get together uh, every other month or so in these podcasts. You've heard from me. You've gotten to know my heart. I want you to pray about it. And uh, then take a look at that website, churchleaderinsights.com forward slash telecoaching, uh, T-E-L-E coaching. And I look forward uh, to being your coach in 2012. And Scott, look forward to being back at the beginning of 2012 for another edition of the churchleaderinsights.com podcast.